0: This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. I do want to turn our attention to the book of John chapter 21, verse number 1. John 21, verse number 1. I did throw our media team a curveball. So if if they don't have the scriptures up already, that's my fault. Um, for that. Um, but John 21, verse number one, and um, and this is what the, the, the scriptures say. It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon, Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathanael of Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, And two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going to go fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat. And that night, they didn't really catch anything. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples didn't know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered, no. And he said to them cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and uh, they, so they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Verse number 7 it says therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter it is the Lord with Passion and enthusiasm and an exclamation point behind that statement. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which, which you have caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net still didn't, still didn't break. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dare ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. Now, this is the third time Jesus shows himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, here's the part that I want us to focus on tonight. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, before I read any further, let me just let me just interrupt the reading here and, and just say this. Um, this is a beautiful passage of Scripture. Um, not only is it beautiful because of the of the tone, the poetic tone of literature that that John, the gospel writer, writes this caption of scripture with, but he writes the last chapter of the book of John with such passion and such enthusiasm. If you were to compare the conclusion of every other gospel and compare it to John's gospel, the conclusion of John's gospel, what you're going to find is that John concludes his gospel with more of a bang, if I can put it that way. He is so emphatic about making sure that no one loses the impact of Jesus' ministry here on earth. It's almost as if he is doing his best to pass the baton ...over to the next upcoming generation because he understands there's going to be such a generational gap. He is one of the last of the last people to have contact with Jesus. So he does not want anything to be lost in the cracks. So he spends a lot of time with this conclusion. And this is part of the conclusion. This story here means something to John. And he's doing his best to articulate this story and to transfer the encouragement of this story to an upcoming generation that will, at one point in their lives, be so overwhelmed with the weight of the ministry of Jesus. Now, let me just throw in here really quick before we continue reading that Jesus ascends up into heaven at the outskirts of Bethany But before he ascends up into heaven, he pretty much tells his disciples, I trust you with my ministry. I trust you with my my mission. And that that is an overwhelming weight to carry. And so John understands the magnitude of what it is to be somebody that's about the Father's business. So he's going to do his best. And encourage before he stops writing again because he understands that sometimes this Jesus thing, this this carrying a load, this carrying a weight can sometimes get overwhelming. How many have ever in this room in life just said to yourself, I don't know how I'm going to do this, right? I don't know how I'm going to get past this. I mean, I don't know what else I have to do. To, to make this situation better, but it just seems like this is an overwhelming event that just, I mean, I just don't know how I'm going to do this. Well, Jesus appears the third time to his disciples, and John captures it in such a beautiful way. And so the reason that I paused when I paused in the conversation between Jesus and and Simon Peter is because not only does John understand that, but Simon Peter also understands what it is to be overwhelmed with the Father's business. He knows what that feels like. He knows what it is to to be so sure one day and then the next day just, just be hit by something on your blind side and not even see it coming, and have enough potential to knock you down. As a matter of fact, the passage of Scripture that we are reading right now is a perfect depiction of what it is like for Simon Peter when he is derailed and blindsided by something that he did not see coming. And so he has this idea, and the idea is this, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go back to what I know. I'm going to pick up a mentality that I'm all too familiar with. I'm going to let some things back into my life. I'm going to go back to ground zero because I know this area all too well, and I'm going to allow for some things to enter back into my life that maybe I would have never, ever allowed into my life whenever I was walking on water with Jesus. But now Jesus is gone. Now I've been overwhelmed by this Thing called ministry, and I totally understand what that's like. I I love people. I, I teach Bible studies. I open my house. I open my heart. I open my mind. I give my soul to it. Simon Peter understands what that's like. He knows what it's like to be the outcast, the criticized, the object of people's not affection. More like infection. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes just negativity can infect you. You know what I'm saying? And so Simon Peter understands what that's like, right? And and so here you have Simon Peter. He goes back fishing, and he's fishing. He's doing what he knows to do, and everybody goes with him because he's such a leader, and, and people are fishing and fishing, and all of a sudden, guess who shows up? Jesus shows up. Jesus has this bad habit of showing up when you least expect it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I wish he would stop, right? But he just has this bad habit of showing up when you least expect it. And so Jesus is, so Jesus is on the shoreline, and he, and he asks the funniest questions. He's like, have you caught anything? And Simon Peter is like, nope. The story of my life. I've been out here all day. Nothing. Maybe it's just a reminder of the events that just transpired a couple of days before, where Simon Peter gets the worst news of his life. He loses his teacher. Now, to us today, how many have some teachers that you remember in, in junior high school and high school that you would not mind losing? <laughs> right? But it wasn't like that for Simon Peter. You see, there was this emotional attachment. It really wasn't emotional. It was this this spiritual attachment that you had. And he was connected to Jesus. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is crucified. And literally from one second to the next, he's blindsided. And he has this idea. For one second, I just want to know what it feels like to not carry the burden anymore. So he goes fishing. He was good at it, or he thought. He didn't catch anything. And Jesus shows up, and he's about to teach Simon something that's going to forever change Simon's life. When you come back next week, we'll tell you. God bless. Just kidding. But he's about to to teach Simon something that's going to forever change Simon's life. And that's this. They drag a bunch of fish from the shore, from the the ocean to the shoreline. And it's funny because the very thing they were working so hard for, Jesus already had a fragment of that prepared. He had no idea. Jesus already had a nice campfire set up. Not only did he have fish, but he had bread. <laughs> they were fancy back then, right? And so, and so this is where the epic conversation happens between teacher and student. And the reason that I pause is because I want us to read this conversation and understand the humanity of the conversation. And so Jesus says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? More than these. What's he talking about? These. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my sheep. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Now imagine you're with your friends and no one's saying anything because it's kind of awkward. Everybody knows it's Jesus, but no one wants to say it and you're just sitting around a campfire. And you're just hearing the wood pop and seeing the embers drift away as a, as a Galilean breeze takes it off into the distance. And you hear this epic conversation between Jesus and Simon. And Jesus asks again the second time. He says, do you really love me? And Simon says to him, he says, you know That I love you. He said to him, then tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me now? You got to understand how frustrating this could possibly be for Simon. And Simon says, Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Almost with a little bit of attitude and frustration. You know that I love you. Why do you keep asking me this? And he says, feed my sheep. He says, most surely I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. You want to know what Jesus is telling Simon? He said, when you first got into this, you thought you were the one leading but you're going to realize that you're not. You will be compelled by the call to go places and do things and say things that you never, ever thought you could. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Now, we're going to talk about follow me here in a second, but let me just say this. I find it very interesting that they have this conversation at the same location as the first conversation they had in Matthew chapter 4, 18 to 22. It's like almost an exact replay. Matthew 4, 18 22, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee. He sees certain fishermen fishing, and he says, follow me. There was the first follow me, boom, and they followed, and three to three and a half years later, it's like they do this giant circle, and they end back up right where they started. I've never felt like in your walk with God, you've passed that scenic point before. You're like, I I know that I've been here before. Like, why am I back here? Why am I dealing with this again? I, I, thought, I thought I laid this to rest, and, and God, like, why do I keep coming back, and why do I keep having the same emotional struggles and the same anxieties and the same frustrations and the same fears and the same this and that? I feel like, like this is getting old really quick. Can I tell you, the grace of God sometimes will allow for us to revisit the things that conquer us, because he believes in us so much, and he knows that this may, that this just may be the time that we conquer what conquered us. So he takes us back. He's like, "I know you can do this." So they go back to this, to this fishing mentality. They go back to the familiarity. They go back to the comfortable. They go back because they're wounded. They go back because they're overwhelmed. They go back because they have no other place to go. And they go back here and Jesus finds them. And Jesus begins to ask Simon Peter three questions that will catapult him into another level. But notice the first time he asks him, he says, do you love me more than these? Now hear me. What is these? These disciples... Now, these fish, now let's, let's bring the context to life. They're sitting down, and the fish are cooking. There's 153 fish off in a distance somewhere in a net that did not break. And Jesus looks at Simon, and he says, Simon, do you love me more than these? And Simon looks, and he sees the fish. And the reason that Jesus is asking him that is because Jesus is telling him, Simon, I know the reason that you're here right now. And I get it. I get it. But I want to know, do you love me enough to pick yourself back up and move forward? Simon, I know right now you want to quit. I know right now you want to throw in the towel. I know right now you're overwhelmed. I know right now you really could care less about anything else. But do you love me enough to remember the mission? Simon says, why do you keep asking me that? Like, you just keep messing with me. You call me the devil. Now this... I tried to defend you in Gethsemane. I did that wrong. I mean, I'm just doing everything wrong, and you're here right now, and you're questioning me in front of everybody. Do you love me more than these? And then all of a sudden, Jesus says, if that's the case, I want you to follow me. Now, this is the only time you ever find this type of follow me in the text. This this phrase, follow me, it literally means follow me to the point where the traveler and the road become one. Now they understand why Jesus is able to stand up one day and say, I am the way. You can't separate me from the path. It's the same thing. Simon, will you follow me to the point to where you understand what I'm asking you to do now. You have been knocked down, derailed, but now you're standing back up because of conversations that you and I are having. Conversations that give you life. Conversations that give you directions, direction. Conversations that give you clarity. Simon, do you have enough within you to stand back up and break the chains that will keep you here forever? And if you do, I promise you, you will step into a type of ministry that people will read about for thousands of years to come. Wow. So he says, follow me. And Simon stands up. And Simon begins to follow. This is different. First, they followed because it was, it was a cultural There was a cultural significance. The teacher came and asked me to follow, so I immediately dropped my nets. But this time it's different. When they see it's Jesus and they know what this is all about and they're so tempted to walk away and let let bygones be bygones, the truth of the matter is is there was something within Simon Peter's soul that would not allow for him to leave Jesus. And when he saw that it was Jesus, guess what? His response to the call wasn't casual. He didn't wait to get to the shoreline. He dived in so first. Because he was gravitating back to the life source. If you notice the title on the screen there is Big Rocks. There's a reason for that. There's a story, an oral tradition, if you will, And the story is this, that one day Jesus is walking with his disciples, and he tells them, I want you to pick up a rock for me. And so the sons of thunder show-offs. They pick up these big old rocks. John, so in love, this hopeless romantic picks up a giant rock Simon Peter, he's like, picks up a small little rock. Well, because Jesus said, and I I forgot to inform you this. Jesus says, "I want you to pick up this rock, pick up a rock for me, and carry it for me all day." Simon's like, pick up a little pebble, man. Put this in my pocket. It's convenient. Sons of thunder are walking around with these big old rocks. At the end of the day, some are exhausted. Some forgot about the rock because to be honest with you, the weight was so small that they didn't even know that they were carrying it. But some were more involved in the father's business, so the weight of the rock was really overwhelming And some just treated it a little casual, more casually than others. Didn't even realize it was there. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Father's business. I left it on the shelf. Hmm. But at the end of the day, Jesus has them all sit down. And Jesus, they light this campfire, and they're at the they're at the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus looks up to the heavens, and he's like, Father, I ask that you would bless these rocks and turn them into bread. Poof. Sons of Thunder, like, they invented butter crust. There's no butter crust here, right? That's a Texas thing, butter crust. I, I, well, that, that's a bread company, right? And, 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 and they have, like, this, these giant loaves of bread, and then all of a sudden, Simon Peter's like... What? So he reaches into his pocket, and he pulls out this crumb. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just so disappointed in Jesus and in himself. And the next day, Jesus says, I want you to pick up a rock. And Before he even finishes, Simon Peter jumps, in and he just like picks up the most rocks he can find, the biggest rocks, right? And he's walking around with these big rocks, and at the end of the day... Jesus sits down. Simon's like, here's my blessing. I can't wait. I'm going to show you off what it's like to be blessed by God. And then all of a sudden, Jesus says, I want you to pull out your rock, and I want you to throw it into the sea. And Simon is like, what? So they throw it into the sea, and Jesus is like, that's it. Have a good night. And Simon's like, wait a minute. I don't understand. I don't get it. Well, hold on one second. Yesterday, you said, pick up a rock, and, and you blessed it <coughs> and turned it into bread. And today, you said, pick up a rock, and, and, and it's like, you, you know how long I carried these rocks? You know how overwhelming this is, Jesus? I carried this rock for all day long, and you went up more hills today than yesterday. I noticed that about you. And Jesus says, you're right, Simon, you're right. But he said, you see, Simon, the problem is, is that yesterday I asked you to pick up a rock for me. And today you picked up a rock for yourself. Wow. Here's the thing. Whenever we are overwhelmed with big rocks, we have to ask ourselves this question. Two things that are so important. Remind ourselves of who we're doing this for. And ask ourselves, have I put more on me than what I should be putting on me? Conversations with Jesus in the text have a way of changing people's lives. And Simon Peter understood what it was like for Jesus to find him in the lowest place of discouragement... And with three simple questions that were exactly the same, lift him back up off the ground and send him on his way into a ministry to where it was no longer a burden he carried, but it was a passion that drove him. Passion. A burden is I have to. A passion is I get to. Let's pray. Um, Somebody want to come up and... God, thank you so much for this day, for your goodness and your mercy that's everlasting. Here in a moment, Lord, we believe that you're going to step into this room and you're going to, to really begin to impart virtue back into some pretty amazing people that are here today. God, we know that the virtue that you impart into our lives is not a virtue that can be attained or given by human knowledge or education or books of any way, any form, but it simply comes from you, from another world. It's a virtue that lifts us up and reminds us that we can do this, that we are doing this that we're headed the right direction. That we're one step away from trading a burden with a passion. We're one step away, one conversation away of being reminded of what this is all about and why we do what we do. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite us all, if we can stand to our feet throughout the building before we come to a close. Um, if we can just raise our hands together and begin to just worship the Lord for the next few moments. If you're in this room and you are, you are in need of heaven's virtue of the virtue of God himself, the strength and the encouragement of God himself to be just imparted back into your spirit. If you're in the need of of encouragement that only comes from God, strength, I want you just to begin to call upon the Lord for the next few moments. And I want you to believe that right now in this moment, God is doing something special in this place. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Jesus is telling Simon Peter, Simon Peter, I know I know how badly you just want to go back to fishing, but the kingdom needs you. We need you. The kingdom needs your words. The kingdom needs your influence. The kingdom needs the impact that you're going to make on this world. I have showed up one more time to encourage you and to remind you that your greatest ministry is one step away more information about who we are, we invite you to go to thepromisecenter.com. God bless you.